Welcome to the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help. And where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer. This podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to withyouhere.org therapists for assistance finding a mental health provider. This episode is included in our mini-series titled Breaking the Cycle and Starting New Conversations. Some subjects in this series may trigger some or contain topics not suitable for certain audiences. Please use your discretion. Our topic for today is molestation and sexual assault. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Life is Better with You Here. I am your host, Dr. Shavana Childs, and this is a second addition to our series of Breaking the Cycle and Starting New Conversations. Today, we'll be talking about molestation and sexual assault. So I just want to issue a warning. This can be very heavy for some people. So just take the time to be present um, for this podcast. And if you need a support, reach out to somebody. Um, before sitting down to watch and listen to this, I just want you to have what you need because some of this may be triggering and then I want you to be in a good space. If this is something you feel like you cannot watch, please don't. But if you feel you can and need support, please get the support and watch this with someone. Okay. We want you to be safe always because life is better with you here and we just want to help you be in the best space possible. Now, with that being said, you not, you guys know, I always love to start with a guided meditation. And today, our guided meditation is called Excess Baggage. And the purpose of this excess baggage is to escape mental and physical burdens in this transformation to relaxation. All right. So let's get our minds, our bodies, and our spirits ready to relax as we take in this very important and very sensitive information, all right? So make yourself comfortable, unbuckle your belt if it constricts your breathing, and close your eyes. Focus on your breathing, breathing with your belly. Imagine breathing in calm energy however you imagine that to be, and breathing out negative energy. As you breathe deeply in and out, in your mind, imagine that you enter a room carrying baggage. You have bags slung on each shoulder, briefcases in each hand, and your clothes are heavy. Your muscles ache. You set all the baggage down and lie flat on the firm floor. The ceiling above gives way to a bright blue sky. And suddenly, all around you are the sounds of crashing waves. You can almost smell the sea salt. The sun is low. The light is now turning orange, pink, purple, and now dark, dark blue.
As you lie flat, you bend and rotate your legs, stretching your muscles. They are thirsty for oxygen and they soon have it. Allow your arms and back to stretch long like a rubber band, reaching, arching upward. Then ease them slowly back into place. They are breathing now too. Soon, every muscle in your body will receive fresh oxygen from the ocean air, taken in by your lungs. You will be relaxed in body and prepared to relax in mind. You are now refreshed as you prepare to come back to the room. You have been released from your heavy burdens. Open your eyes, wiggle your feet and toes, stretch your arms, hands, and fingers. Stretch your entire body if you need to at this time and feel the gentle relaxation flowing through you. Okay, I hope you guys are feeling relaxed and energized and got a stretch in. That might have been a struggle for some of us who don't stretch that often. But I hope you're feeling relaxed as we dig into this, like I said, very sensitive topic today. So we're going to talk about molestation and sexual assault. So Webster's Dictionary defines molestation as sexual assault or abuse of a person, especially a child, and that's anyone under 18 years of age. And what we're going to talk very basics about it because we want to give good information because some people may not know what molestation is, what it entails, what it means, all of those things. So we're going to hit the basics first and then we're just going to go deeper. So when we talk about molestation and what it is, is it's touching of private parts, exposure of genitalia, okay, exposure of our genitals, taking of pornographic pictures, rape, which is sex against our will, okay, without consent. And we will be talking about consent briefly here, but we will also have an, a podcast on consent. We are talking about um, molestation is also considered encouraging sexual acts with the molester or encouraging sexual acts with other children. So with a molester encourages sexual acts between two other children or more, two or more other children and variation of these acts. So you guys know, I like to give, um, statistics on things. And I think statistics are important here for us to wrap our brains around this. 
and I got these from um, the CDC. Most children don't report being molested for various reasons. They're scared. They think they're going to get in trouble. The molester has told them they will hurt family or the molester has told them they'll be in trouble if they tell. And if they're five, six, seven years old, this is what they believe. Because nine times out of 10, it's adult, it's a family member, somebody that they know or another kid or an older kid. Okay. Molesters come in all shapes, sizes, colors, genders, all of this. So, you know, oftentimes we think of a molester as being a, an adult male perpetrating on a female child. Not always. So we need to expand what we think a molester looks like so that we can see it and open our eyes and open our, our vision up to this. So while they give us these statistics, because children don't always report it, and not only children, some families don't report it because sometimes the molestation is happening within the family and we withhold it. We talked last podcast about generational curses. Molestation is one of those generational curses. And because it's a generational curse, it could go unreported, which means the number of actual molestations is probably underrepresented. Okay. Um, about one in four girls and one in 13 boys in the United States experience child sexual abuse. Okay. So many, many more girls than boys, but also are boys. Okay. This shouldn't be happening to any of our children but it's happening to girls and boys alike, the one in four girls and one in 13 boys. Someone known and trusted by the child or the child's family. So it's often somebody close. It's often somebody we know. Per perpetrates 91%. Think about that. 91% of molesters are somebody we know. The total lifetime economic burden, what this costs in the United States for treatment, hospitalizations, all of those things is $9.3 billion. This is the cost, $9.3 billion. It affects how people think, how they act. It it's a significant trauma. If I can tell you the number of people that I have treated and there's trauma there and we go back to childhood trauma, most of them have been sexually abused or sexually assaulted. And it's been by a family member, somebody that they knew, a family friend. So some of the consequences of physical health consequences is sexually transmitted diseases, physical injuries, Chronic conditions later in life, such as heart disease, obesity, and cancer. Some of the mental health conditions, of course, is the trauma, depression, anxiety, and PTSD. I have a number of people that can't sleep from flashbacks, nightmares. And when you ask them about the event, like typically we start to have memories of our life around five or six. But if a trauma has occurred at like four, and I've even had people at three, they can remember being three years old and having this thing happen to them vividly. And that's highly unusual. 
usually we start to remember our lives when we're around five or six years old. Most people. Some people have memory before that. But typically people have memories before that. It's usually based around a traumatic event. Um, example of behavioral things that happen, and we know this from research, substance abuse or misuse, they're masking pain. Okay, they don't want to feel the way they feel. They don't want to remember what happened to them. They told somebody they were not believed or they told somebody and nothing happened and they have to deal with this thing that happened to them. Best way to deal with it, drinking and drugging. Okay, so substance abuse or misuse goes up, including opioid, which you all know we've been having um, a problem within our country. Risky sexual behavior. Um, typically, people who have people who have been molested um, tend to be more promiscuous, and with that promiscuity becomes other mental health behaviors. They become um, anxious. They become depressed. They experience guilt and shame because of their promiscuity. Like all of this is a triple down effect. And it's a ripple effect for them because they've been molested, um, meaning they have sex with multiple partners or behaviors. They're putting themselves in risky se sexual situations, okay? That can result in pregnancies or STIs, um, or STDs, increased risk for perpetration of sexual violence. So again, learned behaviors, generational trauma. Usually people who have been molested have a higher risk of being molesters, of being perpetrators, learned behavior. And they are at increased risk for suicide or suicide attempts. So again, here we are with something of a trauma bringing us to that base of, I don't want to be here. I want to kill myself. Suicide is what they come to because they don't want to feel like this. They feel there is no way out. They don't know how to resolve it. And they keep thinking about it and they keep having flashbacks and they keep having nightmares. And if they were in a situation where they did not have proper help, nobody believed them or they didn't tell because they didn't think anybody believed them or they didn't tell because they thought they'd get in trouble and they're holding this horrible secret and the abuser is somebody they still have to see. We don't think about that. Or the abuser is somebody in their family. Or the abuser is their parent. And they've been abused from 6 to 16. Or they got pregnant from the abuse. There's all these things that could happen that could damage a person being molested. And what they have to deal with. And so suicide sounds like a really good idea, but again, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. But try telling that to somebody who's been violated against their will and without their consent. And speaking of consent, a child cannot, cannot give consent. And so it, it wouldn't matter if they thought they were a part of it they agreed to do it. A child cannot give consent. And depending on the state you're in, some 
people will say that 16 is the age of consent, you know, depending on the state. And so you have to look at those rules as well. But for most of us, children cannot give consent. And then we'll talk about consent more when we talk on our next section, which we'll now move into, um, which is sexual assault. And we'll talk about consent there. But child sexual abuse, um, it increases their risk of future victimization. Um, so recent studies have found that females exposed to child sexual abuse are two to 13 times increased risk of sexual violence. I'll repeat that. Females exposed to child sexual abuse are two to 13 times increased risk of sexual violence victimization in adulthood. Okay. And people who experience child sexual abuse are at twice the risk for non-sexual intimate partner violence. So they're at twice the risk for domestic violence. So this is the impact of molestation in the family or molestation period. And there is help. And so how we protect them, we'll talk about how we protect them and we'll go into right now what is sexual violence and how that differs from molestation. Molestation, we will relegate to our 18 and younger sexual violence. We're going to relegate to our 18 and older population. So sexual violence is the sexual activity when consent is not obtained or freely given. And again, when we talk about consent here, I want to be clear. Consent is saying, yes, you agree to something. Consent can be revoked at any time. And this is where we get mixed up. This is where we get, it gets a little muddy because we can be in the act and whomever, female, male, can decide, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. At that point, when that is said, it is done. Consent has been revoked. Everything should stop. Even if there has been penetration and the person wants to stop, male or female, everything should stop. Consent is consent. And if it is revoked, it is revoked and it is still a no. Anything that happens after the no is a sexual assault. Just to be clear, um, anyone can experience or perpetrate sexual violence. Anyone, male, female, anyone can experience or perpetrate it. Um, perpetrator of sexual violence is usually someone the person knows, such as a friend, current or former intimate partner, coworker, neighbor, or family member. It can occur in person. And what we have to realize now in our age of technology is it also can occur online. It has had detrimental effects, particularly online, which I think has also increased the suicide rate or thoughts of suicide. Um, and through technology, such as posting or sharing sexual pictures of someone without their consent um, and non-sexual sexting, non-consensual sexting. 
Okay. For information, you know, there is always the um, numerous sites on child sexual abuse as well as preventing sexual abuse, and we will provide you with that information at the end. So we want to talk about how big of a problem this is because it's, it's, it's right now it's in the news, actually, very big for a particular person who was um, found guilty of sexual assault, ironically, not rape, when technically those things are the same. Um, but it's been semantics. Research has shown that the number of people, again, as with um, child molestation, sexual abuse is also underrepresented. It's underreported. So the numbers are probably not representative of what really happens in the world. So sexual violence is pretty common. Over half the women and almost one in three men experience sexual violence, okay, involving physical contact during their lifetimes. One in four women and one in 26 men have experienced completed or attempted rape. Men do get raped as well. About one in nine men were made to penetrate someone during his lifetime. And additionally, one in three women and about one in nine men experienced sexual harassment in a public place. Okay. Sexual violence starts early. And this is the other thing. Maybe this goes back to the molestation part and how it connects. More than four in five female rape survivors reported that they were first raped before the age of 25, and almost half were first raped as a minor before the age of 18. Again, that goes into the molestation, and we read those statistics about people who are molested will later go on to be victims of more violent sexual assaults. Nearly eight in 10 male rape survivors reported that they were made to penetrate someone before the age of 25, and about four in 10 were first made to penetrate as a minor. So this, these things start early on, and then they just progress as they are adults. Of course, people of color are more adversely and disproportionately affected. More than two in five non-Hispanic, American Indian, and Alaska Native and non-Hispanic multiracial women were raped in their lifetime. And it cost $122,461 per survivor, including medical costs, lost productivity, and criminal justice wages per year per victim. So this gets very, very costly for rape survivors. The consequences, again, it's the physical, like the bruising in the genital areas, sexually transmitted diseases, unwanted pregnancies, depression, anxiety, and you got it, suicidal thoughts. Suicidal thoughts, again, are huge here. It's a way out. They want out. They don't want to feel this way. They feel like they have no control. Something happened to them without their consent, without out being asked something was taken from them and it's their body and it's something they cannot get back and so when it's something you can't get back you feel like you've lost control and if you don't report it because you've been threatened you're scared or whatever that's even more 
loss of control. And again, that feeling of you not wanting to be here. So the suicidal thoughts are real. They're there. And it's the whole feeling of not wanting to do this anymore, not wanting to relive it. No more PTSD, no more flashbacks, no more nightmares. Because it happened once in real life, but for them, it happens every time they think about it, every time they sleep and have a nightmare, every time they get an intrusive thought. It happens over and over and over and over and over again. It is a never-ending loop. Imagine not being able to get out of a dream. Imagine not being able to get out of a nightmare. And every time you close your eyes, you're right back in that scenario. So every time they close their eyes, they're right back in the rape. They're right back in the situation where they're being beaten, where they lost their autonomy, where they lost their ability to consent. They lost their voice. So suicide seems like a plausible answer, but it is not. And so we want to give coping skills. We want to give help. We want to give hope. Because we know that life is better with you here. And that's what we want to give you, that hope. So again, where there is help, where there is hope, there is help. So what can we do for our children? Let's start with our children because if we can go there, maybe there's not so much in the adulthood. Maybe there's not so much victimization in adulthood or perpetration in adulthood. Let's have conversations early with our children. Let's talk to them about good touch and bad touch. Even if that bad touch is coming from you. And I had conversations with my son early on about what's good touch and what's bad touch and his ability to say he doesn't want to be touched, even if it's by me. If he feels like I'm touching him inappropriately when I was giving him baths, if he didn't like it, he could tell me he doesn't like that and I won't touch him. But for him to have autonomy over his body and to be able to tell me, his father, and anybody else that he doesn't want to be touched, that is his right. So let's talk to our children about good touch and bad touch and the ability to say, no, they don't want to be touched. Also, let's talk about the real names of their body parts, penis and vaginas. Okay? We, we've got to stop with the cute names with hoo-hahs and I don't know what else we call them. But penis and vagina, we take away power from the perpetrator of nicknaming and call. No, it's a penis and a vagina. And we're going to call it what it is. Empower your children. Um, identify who can be trusted so they know who to go to if something does happen. They know they can go to grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, their sister, their brother. Know the trusted person if something does happen, who they can go to. And know that no matter what that perpetrator tells them, it is okay to come to me. I will never be mad at you and they cannot hurt us. Please come to me and tell me anything. I will always be here for you. Let them know they have a trusted space. No secrets. Let them know the difference between a secret and a surprise. We don't keep secrets. We can do surprises, but we don't do secrets, okay? When kids are taught to keep secrets, it's easier for the abusers to abuse because the first thing an abuser might say is, this will be a secret between me and you. And if they've kept secrets 
between mom and dad about dad's birthday, they'll think, oh, okay, that kind of secret. No, we're not doing secrets. We can keep a surprise for daddy because we're going to surprise daddy with a birthday cake or blah, but we don't do secrets in the family because secrets are very harmful. Secrets are her generational curses. Keep going. It's how generational curses are perpetrated and perpetuated. Okay, so no more secrets. If something happens, do not cover up for the abuser. Report them immediately, no matter who it is, and it may hurt your heart to do so, but they have hurt your child. What hurts more? We can love people from a distance and still do the right thing. Protect your child. Stop the generational curse or don't even let one begin. Okay. For our 18 and older, we're going to go over some college rules, some party rules, and just general girl and or my boy bro codes. All right. When you're out, use a buddy system. Stay safe. Don't accept open containers or drinks. If somebody's bringing you a drink because they like you and they thought you were cute and they bring you an open drink, no, ma'am, no, sir, no, thank you. You could be roofied. They could put anything in your drink. They could put Visine in your drink. They could put anything in your drink. If they want to bring you a drink, they can bring you a closed bottle of whatever, or you can go to the bar with them and watch them order the drink and watch it be made. Never leave your drink and come back to it. If you leave your drink, leave your drink and never come back to it because anybody could come by and put anything in your drink. We've got to be smart. Got to be wise. Okay. Know where you're going with the person. If you're going on a date, know where you're going before you go. And I know when people, young people say, well, I don't want everybody in my business. We need to be in your business because I need to know where you are and I need to know if something happens to you. Okay. Charge your cell phone. Let somebody know where you're going in case we don't hear from you. Ch check in, share your location with somebody. You don't have to share with everybody, but share your location with somebody so we know where you are, where you are. Okay. Particularly if you're meeting somebody online. Okay. Be careful about who you go out with. Know about, know as much about them as you can possibly know. Don't share too much of your information on social media. We're all very, very good at that. We all trust it so much. We're posting this, that, and the other. How many times have you heard about rappers getting gunned down or people getting robbed because they shared their address? They shared everything on social media and then they wonder why such and such happened. It's because we, we share too much. Don't share so much. Just share what you can. Okay? Um... Know your drinking limits, okay? Know when you've had enough, specifically if you're on a date with somebody you don't know. We shouldn't be drinking that much anyway. You've got to be careful. And I'm talking to my males as much as my females. You've got to be careful too. When you're on a date, like I said, tell a friend where you're going. Don't compromise your standards. Set boundaries and be firm. If you want to kiss, kiss. If you want to have sex, have sex. But if you say no, you say no. In the middle of all of that, you can say no. If you don't want to have sex, you don't have sex. You set your boundaries and set them firm. Okay? 
If your date is making you uncomfortable at all, call a friend. Find a way out. Don't go to places you don't know. Have money for an Uber. Whatever it is you need to do, make an excuse and leave. Meet in a public place, first of all, anyway. Make, make sure you're, you are safe. And understand that consent to sexual activity can be withdrawn at any time. It does not have an expiration date. You can withdraw consent at any time. Okay? So my challenge for you is to become aware of your surroundings and have intentional conversations with your children about appropriate touch and not keeping secrets. And keep yourself safe. And I have two affirmations for you today because this is a worthy topic. The first is, I do not allow my past to control my future. And I have the ability to create the life I desire. And remember, regardless of your mental health journey, life is always better with you here. Thank you, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. And for more information about us, please visit our website, withyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for future episode topics, please leave us a comment. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7.